Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, Series 1, Episode 14, Cellular Respiration and How It Affects the Fly Fisherman or Fly Fisherwoman. I'll start with some basic biology terms and vernacular. Try not to alienate you if you're not a biologist. Then I will relate all of this uh, information to fly fishing, and then I'll go into depth for some of those who want to learn more about the chemical processes. You can tune out um, after I finish up with uh, how it relates to fly fishing if you don't want to learn more. So let's start with the basic definitions of taking food and oxygen, turning that into water, carbon dioxide, heat, and energy. The first term is molecule. A molecule is two or more atoms held together by covalent bonds. Co means together. They can be modeled in different ways. Chemical formulas, which are numbers and the types of atoms. Structural formulas how atoms in a molecule are linked by bonds, and space-filling models, color-shaped spheres symbolizing atoms, 3D. Your professor in college or a teacher in high school may have taken balloons and tied them together to make the space-filling model. So let's talk about chemical reactions. Chemical reactions are a constant rearrangement of molecules to form new ones. Formation of one or more substances, and you read them from left to right. Now there's a little bit we have to add to this. It's called the law of conservation of mass. A scientific law called the law of conservation of mass discovered and written down by Antoine Lavoisier in 1785. In its most important compact form, it states that matter is neither created nor destroyed. What goes into a chemical reaction is what comes out. What goes in is called a reactant, the starting molecules. Those are on the left side of the equation. The products are the ending molecules 
or what comes out, and those are on the right side of the equation. Our reactants in cellular respiration are going to be sugar, first off. Sugar is a carbohydrate, which is an organic or carbon-containing compound made up of sugar molecules. Sugars contain the elements carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen in the ratio of one carbon to two hydrogens to one oxygen. The molecular formula of any carbohydrate is a multiple of the basic formula CH2O. Carbon, two hydrogens, one oxygen. At the core of most sugar molecules found in nature are carbon skeletons that have a ring shape. And the names of sugars end in the suffix ose, lactose, sucrose, fructose, glucose. Glucose is the sugar we're going to be talking about. Gluc means sweet and ose means sugar. Glucose has a stretched out hexagon shape. Its chemical formula is C6H12O6 and occurs widely in most plant and animal tissues. The principal circulating sugar in the blood and the major energy source of the body is glucose. Cells break down glucose molecules and extract their stored energy. They can be stored in larger molecules for later use. A monosaccharide, mono meaning one and saccharide for sweet, is what glucose is. It's one sugar unit. The second reactant is oxygen, O2. The products on the right-hand side of the equation are carbon dioxide, CO2, water, H2O, heat, and energy, which are the two byproducts. Thus, in cellular respiration, the atoms in glucose and oxygen are rearranged, forming CO2 and water, carbon dioxide, and water, H2O. The same amount of atoms in the reactants are in the products. They are just in different molecules. We'll get into that after some quick vocabulary. Some more terms you need to know are heterotroph, organisms that cannot make their own food. That doesn't mean opening up a box of Hot Pockets thrown in the microwave. It means something that generates its own food. Something that makes its own food is an autotroph. You are a heterotroph. You have to eat autotrophs to get your energy. So heterotrophs are consumers like you. It means hetero, other, and troph, food. Translates literally to other eaters. A consumer must obtain food by eating producers or other consumers. There's a great bit on this in The Most Important Fish in the Sea, Menhaden in America by H. Bruce Franklin, where he talks about the Menhaden's role is to feed the larger fish. For us, that's stripers and bluefish. The Menhaden eat plankton, and they gain all the nutrients from those plankton what those plankton ate. So the Menhaden are swimming salad bowls. Bluefish and stripers don't eat plankton, but by eating the Menhaden, they gather all the nutrients and important molecules inside of those. Those fish are consumers. They depend on producers to supply energy materials for their life and growth. The next term is calorie. The amount of energy required to raise one temperature of a gram of water by one degree Celsius. It can be called the potential energy of the food you consume. Calories are tiny units of energy. They're not practical for measuring the energy content of food. We actually measure them in kilocalories in America. So we break them down by a thousand. So if something has 10 calories in it, really it's 10,000, if I did my math right. Okay. So we measure them in kilocalories. They're one thousandth of an actual calorie. Fact. There are enough calories in one Big Mac to run a vacuum cleaner for 98 minutes. Okay. So now we know that a calorie is energy required to raise the temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius. 
that energy is going to be involved in cell respiration. So now we know those background terms, so let's discuss cell respiration. Glucose, C6H12O6 plus oxygen, 6O2, equals carbon dioxide, CO2, plus water, H2O, plus energy and heat. Cell respiration occurs in an organelle inside the cell, known as the mitochondria. Cell respiration involves complex molecules, glucose and oxygen, which are broken into smaller molecules that have less chemical energy than their original substances. Cell respiration consists of more than two dozen chemical reactions and has to occur in the presence of oxygen. Without oxygen, you get fermentation, which is what the product would be is lactic acid. So if you're exercising, you're not getting enough oxygen to your muscle cells where the mitochondria are. Instead of producing carbon dioxide and water, your body is going to be producing lactic acid. You can have this in foods, um, sour cream, kimchi, alcoholic fermentation instead of carbon dioxide and water. You get carbon dioxide and ethyl alcohol. Alcohol is, uh, I believe, a three carbon. So you're taking uh, six carbons, break it down into three. It's a chemical process that uses oxygen to convert the chemical energy stored in organic molecules into another form of potential energy, a molecule called adenosine triphosphate, which I'll just refer to as ATP. It has potential energy in it. ATP has this spring-loaded energy, and when that energy is released, the spring goes and pops it out. Potential energy in fly fishing would be on your back cast. When you back cast, you load the rod. That rod bends, creates potential energy, which is then transferred to your line on the forward cast. Bit of physics for you. The arrangement of the atoms within the molecules is that potential energy in the ATP. It's bound by the second and third phosphates. Cells in plants and animals then use ATP as their main energy supply. The products of cell respiration are the reactants of photosynthesis. The process of photosynthesis and cellular respiration recycle a common set of chemicals water, carbon dioxide, oxygen, and organic compounds such as glucose. So, if we reversed the formula and had carbon dioxide and water as the reactants and glucose and oxygen as the products, you have photosynthesis. We exhale carbon dioxide, the plants breathe it in. We produce water, the plants take it in. The carbon and water is broken down by the plants and produces glucose, which would be apples. You eat the apples, you release energy. It's all cyclical. So your lungs take in oxygen and release CO2, again, opposite of photosynthesis. Oxygen in the air you inhale diffuses from your lungs across the lining of the air sacs or alveoli into your bloodstream. The carbon dioxide diffuses from your blood across the air sacs lining and into your lungs. From there, it is exhaled. And the other product is energy. Energy is a byproduct. Energy is always lost in the form of heat. Heat is thermal energy that is transferred from a warmer object to a cooler one. So if you're camping in the winter, you always have to have a ground pad. Why? Because the cold ground will suck the heat out of your body. Heat energy, 98.6 degrees, is going to be sucked from you to the ground. Think of it as those uh, creatures from Harry Potter that like suck the life out of you. It's, imagine that visually, little trails of heat going from you to the ground. And the predator, of course, he watches you by your body heat. Energy always lost in the form of heat. 
Hot light bulbs are energy inefficient. How do I know that? Because they produce heat. The average 100 watt light bulb produces the same amount of energy as uh, you know one human being in an hour. So an hour of a light bulb is an hour of a human. That's why if you're in a crowded office in a meeting, it gets really hot, it's all the body heat. Fire heat is released energy from the fuel. Stored energy in the wood, the wax, or the liquid, or your uh, camping white gas. Heat on a car hood from the engine. Well, that energy released from the combustion of gasoline produces heat, and you can feel that on your car hood. Solar energy is energy released as heat. You feel that on a warm day. Energy is always, always, always lost in the form of heat. Now for that actual reaction in depth. Maybe a bit redundant, but you learn things through redundancy. Why is it that you can quote Seinfeld episodes? Because you've seen them five or six times or more. Repetition produces memory. C6H12O6 is glucose. Six carbons, 12 hydrogens, six oxygens. Plus 6O2, six oxygens, plus that two on the bottom, you can multiply it, is 12 oxygens. That produces six carbons and 12 oxygens plus six H2Os, which is 12 hydrogens and six oxygens plus ATP and heat. Your reactants, going back to glucose, the food you eat for energy for a long day of fishing. For me, it's usually a sheets sandwich at the gas station, granola bars, beef jerky, sunflower seeds. If it's a long road trip, it's gonna be Doritos. Could be the sugar in the coffee you're drinking. Glucose, six carbons, 12 hydrogens, six oxygens. One, two, one. Oxygen, the air you breathe. Six carbons, 12 oxygens. I'm repeating it so you remember it. The products, carbon dioxide, what you exhale. Six carbons, 12 oxygens. Water, well, that's what you're gonna pee or sweat. 12 hydrogens, six oxygens, plus energy, plus heat. How does this all relate to fly fishing now? I've rambled on about autotrophs, heterotrophs, calories, glucose, water, carbon dioxide, Antoine Lavoisier. Well, here's some things to think about that you may never have thought about. The product water is either in liquid or gas or vapor form. Well, how does that relate to you? Sweat is a liquid form of water. You can get dehydrated if water evaporates off your skin. Thus, fly fishing clothing requires wicking properties. Something that's hydrophilic from a previous podcast, Loving Water. It takes the water off your skin so the water doesn't cool down and eventually cause hypothermia. Lowering your body temperature can have detrimental effects. We need breathable waders and jackets. That moisture that you produce as a byproduct of cellular respiration goes from your skin to your base layer to possibly your next layer to your breathable waders where it's then diffused out of that membrane keeping you dry. You can get hot inside your waders because of the next byproduct, which we'll talk about. And it also um, can produce sweat inside jackets. So if you're out fishing for a long day and it's pouring rain and you're wearing that Gore-Tex jacket, you take it off. Why is there water possibly on the inside? Because you're sweating. The old jackets, which were uh, galvanized rubber, think back to, was it, uh, who had his arm cut off in the Civil War? Stonewall Jackson, first major raincoat, galvanized rubber. Probably sweat like crazy inside that. It wasn't breathable. All that sweat from cell respiration stayed inside of him. Non-Gore-Tex jackets, even more so. Urine. Why do you have to pee the first thing in the morning? 
after seven, eight hours of not having anything to drink. Water is a byproduct of metabolic respiration. You don't have to drink anything and still have to pee. Some avoid drinking beverages in cold weather so they don't have to derobe to urinate, which means taking off your outer layer and then rolling down your waders and pulling up your fleece and pulling down your long johns. If it's 10 degrees out, you don't want to do that. So some people say, well, I'm just not going to drink anything all day to avoid having to pee and derobe. Yet you still produce water, which has to be excreted through either urine or sweat. You're still going to have to pee. So what did the waiter companies do? They came up with waders with zippers. That can help cellular respiration byproducts. You don't have to derobe to get rid of that excess water. Vapor. Your breath. When you exhale in the cold, it fogs up your sunglasses. That's water vapor, metabolic byproduct. When I was in Hawaii last week, I was wearing a buff to cover my face from my ears, across my nose, and down to my neck. But when I would exhale, it would fog up my glasses. Why? Water vapor is a byproduct of cellular respiration. If you wear a balclava in the winter, it fogs up. If it's cold enough, that water vapor will actually crystallize and be frozen ice on your face. Simple enough. They make rebreathers on some of them that actually have heating elements to prevent that and prevent you from having to inhale that cold air. That always hurts my lungs. The other byproduct is carbon dioxide. Well, that's what you breathe. It has the water vapor mixed in it. That's how you can breathe on a windshield and draw something when you're a kid on the school bus. The other byproduct is heat. Heat is energy loss. Energy is always, always, always lost in the form of heat. How do we use that to your benefit? If you're wearing a down jacket, you're using your body heat, 98.6 degrees, to fill all the microscopic pockets of air between those feathers and charges your insulation. It keeps you warm. Hot air also fills your waders and raincoats, which I mentioned earlier, which will heat you up and cause you to sweat. That sweat is the byproduct, water, which then has to be transferred out. This is all cyclical if you're catching on to this. Heat, the majority of it, is lost through your head. There are lots of blood vessels there because it has to nourish your brain with all the oxygen. So you lose the majority of your heat through your head. A proper hat will fix that problem. When you also get warm, that heat is released through your blood vessels which go to the surface of your skin, which is why people blush. They're releasing heat. Blood vessels are closer to the skin, which causes them to be red. Blood vessels go closer to your skin surface in the summertime to allow you to let off heat and evaporate that water on your skin, which cools you off. You can also breathe on your hands when it's cold. <sighs> Common sound steelheading in the winter. People use that hot air from their breath to warm their fingertips. And when you get pissed off in winter, when you get a fly stuck in the tree, you get angry and the heat plus the moisture all fogs up your sunglasses. And there's so much more, but I just can't think of them. That's sort of the roundup of how carbon dioxide and water as byproducts of cell respiration affect fly fishing for you. Haven't discussed the animals involved, the trout, striped bass, largemouth, snakeheads, carp, catfish, bonefish, whatever. So if you don't want to be a complete science nerd, tune out now. If you want to learn a little bit more, I'll continue. The first step of cell respiration is glycolysis, literally translates to splitting of sugar. 
you're breaking down a six carbon molecule, CCC, CCC. This occurs outside the mitochondria in the cytoplasm, translates to cell goo. ATP molecules break down glucose, becoming 2-ADP. Adenosine triphosphate minus 1-phosphate is adenosine diphosphate, plus two pyruvic acid molecules from that one glucose. So glycolysis produces four ATPs, and you gain two, and you use two. The net gain is two. The products is a ty- two pyruvic acid molecules. So if glucose was CCCCCC, one six-carbon molecule, two three-carbon molecules are pyruvic acid. CCC is the first. CCC is the second. You also produce two NADH molecules, nicotide, adenosine, diphosphate, hydrogen molecules, and four ATP, four adenosine triphosphates. What is that pyruvic acid? I said it's a three-carbon molecule, CCC. One pyruvic acid molecule is then converted to one acetylcoenzyme A molecule. This holds most energy of the original glucose molecule. After diffusing into the mitochondria, each three-carbon pyruvic acid molecule loses one molecule of carbon dioxide. This results in a molecule that is converted to a two-carbon compound, which is called acetylcoenzyme A or acetyl-CoA. More on acetylcoenzyme A. You're taking six carbons, glucose, one, two, three, four, five, six, breaking it down into two three-carbon molecules, one, two, three, one, two, three. You're taking those three-carbon molecules and breaking it down into a two-carbon molecule, acetylcoenzyme A. Thus, it enters the Krebs cycle. Named after Hans Krebs, and when I was a biology teacher, extra credit, every test. Who is the Krebs cycle named after? It's not like who's buried in Grant's tomb and what color is George Washington's white horse. Actually, it is. They never got it right. Stage two is the Krebs cycle, thus names for biochemist Hans Krebs. Krebs figured out the steps of the process in the 1930s. It finishes the breakdown of pyruvic acid molecules to carbon dioxide. Pyruvic acid to CO2, releasing more energy in the process. It turns twice for each glucose molecule, producing a total of four carbon dioxide molecules and two ATP molecules. The acetylcoenzyme A molecule joins a four-carbon acceptor molecule, so you have CCC plus NADH, nicotinamide adenine diphosphate. Okay. Produces two more carbon dioxide molecules, thus uh, four carbon acceptor molecules have been regenerated, and the cycle can continue. The Krebs cycle produces two ATPs for one three-carbon pyruvic acid. Two ATPs for Krebs plus a net gain of two for glycolysis. Step three, the final stage of cell respiration occurs in the inner membranes of mitochondria. Each transfer in this chain releases a small amount of energy. Energy used to pump hydrogen ions across the membrane from a lower to a higher concentration. This pumping action stores potential energy for later use. The analogy is always like water behind a dam. You've got stored water. You can release it as needed to create hydroelectric power. Hey, that's a tailwater. There are two parts. You have an electron transport chain and the ATP production by ATP synthase. Words that end in ASC are enzymes. Enzymes speed up chemical reactions. Like lactase speeds up the the breakdown of lactose. Milk sugar. Yes. Produces 38 ATPs per glucose molecule. So now you've got 38 ATPs 
which is that stored potential energy for later use. ATP synthase produces 34 ATPs because you need to use energy to create energy. All right, I think I got all of that down. Whew. So um, maybe this was just a complete rambling of uh, ideas in my head of why you've got to pee in the middle of the night when you're camping for steelhead and you don't want to get up because it's 20 degrees. Why you have to pee when you haven't drunk anything all day and you don't want to take off your waders. Why your sunglasses fill up. Some things that are related to fly fishing, but uh, it could be related to anything else. But this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. My background is biology. These are things that I just ponder when I'm daydreaming. So if you have any questions or comments, please uh, send me an email, rob at robsnowwhite.com. There's always one W in Snow White. Please rate my podcast on iTunes. Say this guy is crazy. He's talking about random biology reactions. Um, Next time, I will be talking about some more things. Uh, Still want to do the Steelhead podcast. Got a Hawaii podcast coming up. Um, That's about it. If you want to support me, buy a beer can lanyard. It is a device to hold your beer can around your neck while your hands are free to row a boat, fly fish, mow the lawn, walk your dog, cook, play horseshoes, play cornhole, whatever. All right, my time is up. I got to walk the dog. I'm going to leave you now with Tibbet Street. It's a band from Athens, Georgia from the 90s. This song is D-Harmony.